Radio It's Sunday, September the 8th, 2019, and this is the live recording of Radio Spätkauf, the Berlin News Show. I'm Maisie Hitchcock. My name is Joran Mandik. I'm Joel Delroy. And I'm Daniel Stern. And here's a, we're live at the Comedy Cafe with this audience here. Coming up, there is a minority being oppressed in Berlin, hated by many, held down by laws, but now they're fighting back. I'm talking about people who ride stand-up electric scooters. We're going to meet a man who started a lobby group for e-scooter drivers. Also, bicycle riders working for the company Deliveroo have gone from being precariously employed to unemployed. We're going to meet some of the former Deliveroo riders who started their own food delivery company. And how well do you know the road rules for cyclists? We're going to talk to a bicycle expert to find out who has right of way. Get your questions ready. <laughs> But first, some short news. Two pandas have been born at the Berlin Zoo. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Huge news once again. It actually that could have also been like an awe, just so you guys know that. I didn't mention that in the pre-roll. It says baby pandas. You didn't say that, but I guess that's obvious if they just got born. Yeah, if full-grown pandas yeah. had been born at the zoo, I think we'd all know about that already. I edit your shitty script live. Do they, do, 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 do they know what gender they are yet? No. Oh. There's all the usual fuss, though, and, uh, for example, the obligatory competition for naming them with some offensive suggestion, suggestions, uh, suggestions such as Ping and Pong. <laughs> um, fun fact here that Joel researched, mm. Ping Pong is invented in England. But it does sound Chinesey. Yeah. Okay. No <laughs> I'm, I mean, like, if the Bill... Yeah, we're not the racist ones. <laughs> yeah. I've given Bill Zeitung, you know, their reasoning, I'm guessing. Oh, okay. Uh, so the pandas will go on display sometime in November. I mean, it's Germany. They should be named Table and Tisch, right? <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, you know, that would have worked better if I'd said Tisch and Tennis. So, like, that's... <laughs> I was going back there, and I was like, the T-words are confusing. So they're going on display in uh, November sometime, and we better hope that they don't die before then. Because if so, Berlin will have to pay China a fine of 434,000 euros. Um, the reason being that the parents are rented from China for about a million euros a year, and China gets to charge for their offspring uh, no matter whether they're dead or alive. Yeah. Normally in the wild, only one panda from a litter survives, so the zoo is working very hard to keep both alive by swapping them in and out of the mother's... Uh, care. Care. Enclosure. Enclosure is what I was looking for. Yeah, so fingers crossed. Uh, meanwhile, the polar bear cub born out at Herta uh, at the other zoo, uh, the, sorry, the polar bear cub named Herta, who's born at the other zoo called Tierpark, is still alive and now weighs 85 kilos, so he's on his way to not being cute at all. Um, Adult uh, polar bears are also acute, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, this year, the Berlin Zoo turned 175 years old. Uh, fun fact, it used to have an enclosure for humans. Exotic people from Samoa were on display at the Berlin Zoo. Jesus. Decide if you'd like to uh, visit. Probably the person bringing them over still has a street named after them in Vedding. Yeah, probably. <laughs> They've all got streets in Vedding, don't they? <laughs> the city government has announced it will increase the fines for littering. So anyone here know how much it is now? The 
It's fine for littering? Yeah. Should I take a stab at it? Yeah. I'm going to say 42 euro. Close. Very close. It's uh, 35. <sighs> um, it's a bit arbitrary. So starting next year, if you drop a lit cigarette... No, you drop a cigarette butt, lit or not, uh, chewing gum or any rubbish, it will cost you 120 euro. Dog shit gets you a uh, 300 euro fine. If it's on the pavement, so watch out where you shit, and, uh, or you let your dog shit. Yeah, what happens actually with human feces? That's what I was, <laughs> just made me think of. That's just littering uh, again. That's back down to the other That's place. okay. It's just normal. Um, there's, you can also get an extra big fine if your dog shits what? in a park, if it's uh, 1,500 euro. So that's different. Imagine like if it's on between, like there's a p- patch of grass and then the road and the dog shits right in the middle. Right. And you'd be like, come and get me now. 750. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of, feel, I feel like it should be the other way around. Like it should be more expensive to shit on the pavement than on the park. Because someone's going to step in the par- on the pavement for sure. Yeah, but no one sits down. Most people don't sit down on the pavement and have Ooh, a picnic. That would be worth sitting on. Yeah, okay. I feel like the pavement is kind of like buyer beware. You know, it's like <laughs> you chose to walk down this street. Like, come on. Yeah. Parks is a different deal. Um, so also what has to happen, though, is the Ordnungsamt has to catch the dog in the act or the owner watching it happen uh, in order to enforce the o- uh, fines. Or if they, they have to catch you dropping a cigarette We've on the get ground. So there's going to be, in, yeah, in basically... <laughs> Exactly. Has anyone actually conducted a citizen's arrest here? I, I once tried has. to yell at someone for picking up, uh, for not picking up their dog doo doo, but I was pushing a stroller with a sleeping baby in it, so I was signing the whole thing, and she was just like, "I don't." For those of you at home, I'm making the shrugging. What are you saying? Gesture. She was just like, "What are you doing?" And I was just sitting there yelling at her, going, <laughs> it "Did not work." Dad, right. Dad is bad whining. podcasting. <laughs> The German Brewers Association wants to raise the price of bottle deposits. Uh, as anyone who's ever been broke should know, uh, a fund payment is now worth eight cents. The breweries want to raise it to 15 cents for normal bottles and 25 cents for Bügelflaschen, which are... There you go. Sorry. Explained it very well. There's only one, really, that has that. It's just Flensburger. No one else has it, right? It sounds like someone has a vendetta yeah, on Flensburger in the, no, the Brewers Association. No, I like Flensburger. I think it's good beer. Um, they got a very good alcohol-free, too, by the way. Joel, should we interrupt uh, our they, special news for a special... They're coming in in a second. Okay. Yeah. So they also want to raise the price of bringing back a whole plastic case. Right now, you only get €1.50. They want to make it €5. Euros. They say the current wow. price is too low, and it's not incentivizing enough people to make those returns. So, I don't know. Would you be more likely to bring a bottle back because you're going to get an extra $0.08 cents on it? It's only extra 7 uh, Yeah. 7 Not good enough. No? Well, I, I, I say just, yeah, just raise it all the way, you know? Or, or if you don't drop it, it's a, it's a what is it, a 300 euro fine now right. if you just leave it on the street. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you knew this, but retired poli- police dogs uh, get a pension. Just <laughs> apropos fun flashing. <laughs> uh, uh, can we train jug dogs to go around and pick up bottles? Great idea. Um, there's a story in the newspaper, a retired Schäferhund called Clara, she was denied her pension because she changed owners. Like, she chose who she was owned by. This is just... Um, wow. She's, she should get €118 Euro a month, but she's not getting it. And the police stopped paying when Clara was given from one carer to another. Uh, the new owner is petitioning Parliament to get the money, which she says is needed for food and the treatment of Clara's epilepsy. Oh. Berlin has 86 police dogs. Hopefully not all epileptic. But they're all going to get a pension one day. (laughs) 
For those at home, two gentlemen in, in bicycle attire have just walked in with a large uh, b- box uh, that is insulated. The Deliveroo label is on the side. Are you gentlemen from Deliveroo? I thought that didn't exist anymore. Yeah, but we and the bags. <laughs> <laughs> we need you to take your seat here, and these yeah. are going to get passed around. Are the vegan ones marked? Uh, yeah. All right, so. For those of you at home, uh, yeah. he's unloading pizza boxes. Is this good podcasting? <laughs> this might be an edit point. All right. Welcome back from that paid uh, message from our sponsors. So one Monday in August, the food delivery company Deliveroo announced it would close. By the next Friday, it was gone. Deliveroo arrived in Berlin four years ago. Over a thousand of its bicycle couriers were soon zipping around the city with bags of hot food on their backs. They were precariously employed. Some paid below the minimum wage. They came to symbolize the so-called gig economy, and now their jobs are gone. So what do delivery former drivers do now, former riders do now? We've invited some along to tell us. Please welcome, I'm going to get this right, Stefano. Yeah. And Christoph. Hi. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you for bringing us pizza. That was very nice of you. So uh, you guys used to work for Deliveroo. What do you do now? Um, Colima too is like the same, just better. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us a bit more about what Colima two is. Yeah, Colima two is like a spontaneous pop-up uh, collective. So we are working in a collective. We are um, on the same level. We want uh, low hierarchies, and yeah, we are just. The first thing we, we thought we would do is just continue delivering food, and that's what we ultimately do. And how many are, are you? Uh, two. Two? Okay. <laughs> we have the entire team here on stage. The whole collective. Well, not, not only two, like yeah. in the collective we are two people, but we are going a bit uh, decentralized, like we are doing different zones, and we also have different riders. Okay, so two is a lot less than a thousand. What happened to the rest of the delivery riders? Actually, how about you take us back? What was it like when you heard the news that the company's going bankrupt in five days? Or not bankrupt, sorry, the company's pulling out in five days. Yeah, I mean, it was very uh, shocking, of course. It was... uh, um, We we hadn't thought about this happening uh, so fast and so quick. And, uh, I mean, for me personally, it's not, not that I was in financial trouble. I have a main job and I was doing delivery on the side, but there were some people who were really, really shocked by those news. Some people who did rely on the income, yeah? Uh, yeah. For me, it was also a good thing because actually the day uh, before, I made a WhatsApp group with two friends because I was working for uh, Delivero since four years and uh, I was a little bit tired and I actually delivered was good money and then I asked these two friends in this WhatsApp group what I could do uh, of something else. And then uh, the day after Deliveroo said, we closed. So it was perfect for me because <laughs> I had to, 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 find, uh, to uh, find something else. So you said Deliveroo was good money, so it wasn't all bad, bad news for the riders were working there. They had a really bad communication strategy, PR, uh, PR uh, but there were, there, it, it was pretty good money in, in a comparison to uh, the other bike messenger job. 
Nice. But was it always the case that it was good money? Because we heard stories about people complaining, or not complaining, but standing up for their rights and saying they weren't getting the minimum wage yeah, and their benefits it, paid. It, it was like people complaining, but, but staying in Deliveroo and not uh, finding something else, going to Fudora or Liferando or coming. I also working for Farwerk, is like a uh, bike messenger collective. And I asked also these people came to uh, Farwerk and uh, try something else. But they like the good money of Deliveroo and then the, uh, like the fight for the uh, uh, worker rights. So but now you guys, uh, to flash forward now, you guys have set up a really gorgeous website. Uh, the <laughs> style is... Tell about it. It's, uh, it's, um, very, it's got a kind of a 90s vibe, I'd say. Uh, you click through. Uh, you guys, you explain uh, how it works. Uh, yeah, the website is very cool. It's... Uh, Stefano's idea. Um, so, do you want me to explain how exactly someone could order with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. So, you uh, normally the customer comes to our website and finds uh, the restaurants we are working with. Um, six restaurants in Kreuzberg and three restaurants in Schöneberg. And there's a WhatsApp. Uh, there's a phone number. You can text us by WhatsApp, by Signal, Telegram, SMS. You can call us. And yeah, from from that point on. We are working on Streamer, <laughs> another chat messenger. Oh, okay. Yeah, we take the order, we call the restaurants, and then the courier is dispatched. So it's very old school, really. There's no app. You're not working with an algorithm. There's well, none of this. Not yet. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so um, Deliveroo got an investment of around $600 million from Amazon in May. Then a few months later, they closed up in Berlin. Uh, despite getting all that money. They say they're leaving to concentrate on other markets, but it appears that they were um, worried about a competitor who'd taken over all the other business, Lieferando. What I was amazed to hear about in all of this is that Deliveroo only ever had 2% of the German market, which is crazy. 2%, but you were so visible. The, the riders were everywhere. You heard so much about it, but they really only had such a tiny little hold. Yeah, it was that Berliner, um, Deliveroo was just in Berlin and like the mm -hmm. big cities, but uh, Fudora and uh, Lieferando was in every single small village with two people or three. Yeah. I and see. And therefore, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And and so uh, the thing about uh, delivery was that they were losing money with every order, weren't they? They were basically not yet profitable. Yeah. And every time you ordered from them, it cost them money. Yeah. Yeah. So are you guys going to be able to make a viable business if they couldn't? Yeah. <laughs> They're each yeah. referring to each other. Uh, well, uh, as, as I said in the beginning, it's just more like um, keeping our foot in the door for now, just having still the market and get some attention and we are working on different uh, concepts. It's not that we, that we have the same aim as Deliveroo. We also have more background um, principles like um, in the future we want to implement um, um, Lend Leihbehälter. Uh, it's like the, 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 the packaging, uh, it, ah. it's not from plastic or from paper, it's uh, you, you, you rent it for so, a minimum amount. Oh, and so fun packaging. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just one example. The other example is right now to only use bike couriers and yeah, so much more coming hopefully. What I love is you go, you go on the website, which is like set up to look a lot like, yeah. a, a, like a, Nintendo, a Nintendo video game, or slightly pre, and uh, you just you look at a menu, and then you text a yeah. right. one of you, I guess? Is that who? Yeah. He well, gets the text. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm outside of delivery zone right now, right? Yeah, sure. I should do it now? 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I should just tell him probably, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, oh, it's, this is like, you know, you just, this uh, uh, holy flat, and I would like a fresh bowl, yeah. right? So I would normally take that into the WhatsApp, and then you would get it. Yeah. Just to be clear, are you actually ordering here? Is that what you're doing? Well, I do, didn't get dinner. Uh, I think this is an order, guys. You guys got an order coming in right now. Yeah, and so what I do, I would just take fresh bowl to Vesa Strasse. Uh, seventeen. It's, it's the Rosenegger here. Yeah, we're not on Weserstraße. It's down. the corner. I think the address. Oh, okay. Right, right. Well, it, it auto-corrected to Westware. <laughs> well, guys, we know that you're actually on shift right now. It's peak dinner time, so we don't want to keep you too long. Okay. Uh, but we do want to wish you all the best of success. Uh, I have one last question though. Who gets to keep those Foodora bags? Uh, delivery bags. Yeah. I saw a guy with a delivery bag today. He was on a scooter. He was holding his side view mirror with his hand. So I don't think he was an official driver, but because yeah. they'd be great for picnics. I mean, we we kept our equipment, <laughs> so we have this special uh, delivery uh, delivery bag. <laughs> it was a limited edition for the rider who made like fifty deliveries in one day. Whoa! Yeah. That's wow. <laughs> I know who I want to bring me pizza. So, <laughs> so wait. Uh, so you guys, the 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 fee is three euro for the right. delivery, and does that go to the driver? Does that go? Uh, how does that work in so the collective? It's currently uh, going one hundred percent to the driver. It's also not only those three euros. It's we have a minimal minimal share from the restaurant. Right. It depends on the restaurant. It could be like ten, twenty percent, twenty seven percent, even. And right now, everything goes to the rider itself. And um, yeah. Very cool. Well, I think this is like, an, I, I, I wish uh, more individuals would take the initiative to destroy our corporate overlords and do the jobs without having to give them a cut because <laughs> obviously we don't need them. Uh, I can just right. text you guys when I need stuff. Cool. If I, if I, can I just, like, if I need anything else picked up, like, from Neukern, is that... We, yesterday, you know, on Friday, we had this uh, Späti delivery. So someone uh, just said, I need some... Uh, Rotkäppchen trocken from Späti. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, guys, uh, uh, could you spell out the website so people listening at home, we'll put a link, but... Yeah, it's Kolima2, K-O-L-Y... MA2.de. <laughs> Kolima2.de. Guys, hit them yeah. up, send them a text, tell them what you need. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, sorry. One more question. One more question. What does yeah. that name mean? Where's that from? Oh, great question. Oh, Stefano, uh, yeah, it's uh, from a movie from Brothers Coens. It's Burn, Burn After Reading. Burn after reading. Um. And it's a spy of the US in Russia. And in a Russian embassy, and it's his code name. I knew you guys were communists. That's <laughs> an amazing reference to a great Brad Pitt film. All right. Uh, let's hear for Queen you guys. Thanks a lot. And by the way, Maisie, your intro to that was like beautiful narration. I was the 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 rise and fall of delivery has never been told so sweetly. How was the pizza? Okay, very good. Okay, guys. So on our last show, we told you that Berlin's overheated property market is about to enter an ice age. The rent freeze is coming. 
Now, since it was announced back in June, details keep leaking out from the city government office that is preparing this radical policy, and it keeps getting more and more radical. So we already knew that our rents were going to be frozen at the current levels for five years, but that's just the start of it. Here's what's developed since. Rents are going to be capped starting at four euros a square meter for old East Berlin Tower blocks, going up to nine euros for newer places. What does this mean? This you means mean? that uh, prices Wait, on... I think that was... Was that a rhetorical question? Any or? new contract can't be over four euros a square meter in Hellerstoff? That's right. Whoa. And they can't be over nine euros anywhere else. So basically, if someone moves out of a flat and the new people move in, the landlord cannot charge more than nine euros a square meter. Hold, hold on a minute. But it That's says wild. you've got old East Berlin Tower blocks. It's, That's very specific. It's, it's, well, it's scale. It goes up. They've got a scale okay. of, of building types, building ages. Oh, yeah, when it was built, exactly. by, under which regime, yes. etc. Okay. Exactly. That's quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the top, top price is €9. Euros. So that, if you're already paying over that amount, you may be able to get your rent lowered, but only if your household income uh, is... You're spending more than 30% of your household income on rent. You can go to the Burger Amt and say, I'm broke, uh, please lower my rent. They'll write to your landlord and say, you have to stop charging this much rent. And that's, that's how it's going to work. Um, on our last show, we mentioned that uh, we were worried about subcontracting not being included. Well, I have actually since heard from a source inside the government who says that subcontracts will be covered. So that means rent leeches who are currently living, living off their housemates could be fined 500,000 euros. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and the other most interesting thing about this is it all happened by accident. It's actually um, uh, as a result of some kind of internal ping pong between all the coalition ping parties. Ping pong again. Oh, ping pong, yeah. Um, <laughs> The idea came from the federal SPD, who handed it down to Berlin Michael Mayor, uh, the Berlin Mayor Michael Müller, who passed it on to Die Linke. Each of them thought that it was a nice idea that couldn't actually happen, but they thought they would win points by announcing it and then running into constitutional problems and being able to blame um, somebody else for it. But it turns out the uh, Die Linke figured out how to do it legally. They hired some lawyers, and now the SPD are freaking out about it, and they're actually trying to undermine their own idea. <laughs> So they're basically like playing chicken with yeah. real estate yeah. law. Delinka yeah. called the bluff. Nice. If you want to know more about the rent freeze, I wrote an article about it for Lola Magazine, uh, and you can read that online. Lola Magazine.de? Lola Mag. Lola Mag.de. <laughs> Some Berlin bicycle riders behave if road rules, as if road rules don't apply to them. Others don't know what road rules are at all. <laughs> as part of our new Berlin Basics segment, we've invited along a bicycle expert to answer all our questions about road rules for riders. Please welcome to Radio Spätkauf, Nicholas Link from the Allgemeine Deutsche Fahrradclub, the German Bicycle Club. Welcome, Nicholas. Thank you, hello. So we've prepared a bunch of questions um, that we'll just go through with you as our Berlin basics. I'm sure nobody knows the answers to these. Really? Yeah, oh. for example, Rechtshatvorfahrt, meaning coming from the right, you've got right-of-way. Um, but when does this not apply? Well, it doesn't uh, work when there's any other road signs. So if there's any sign, then you have to follow the sign, of course. There's no sign, which is usually at like small, narrow, like corn streets, Nebenstraßen. Then it's right before left. But what's the sign look like? What's the sign on the road that says we are allowed to go straight through the intersection and not stop? Wait, you, you guys, you said this is supposed to be the basics. <laughs> I literally have no idea what you're talking about. 
what's a bicycle? <laughs> no, you're, you're saying there, there's certain situations in which right of way goes to the right or the left between bicyclists or between bikes and cars. No, like as a, as a cyclist, you are a member of traffic. So you actually behave like a car, basically. Uh, if you like go a small, the, terrified car. A small, terrified and discriminated car in the, in the city. But um, this only works when you're not on a cycle path, of course. So if you're on the regular road, you have to behave like you are a vehicle because a bicycle is a vehicle in the law. Are you allowed to be on the road whenever you want? Almost. So there's cycle paths uh, which have uh, like a blue round sign with a white bicycle on it. And those cycle paths uh, you have to use. But um, most of the psychopaths that you see that are those like really narrow and broken and shitty uh, things you don't want to go on, you don't have to use them. You can really go on the road. And a lot of times it's actually safer to go on the road because um, like those old psychopaths which are built, which have been built to just really get cyclists like out of the way so that you have like a free road as a car driver. Um, they go like behind cars or they go behind the trees or whatever and so the people don't see you when you're at the intersection and this is where most accidents happen actually. So, so the rule that that question uh, applied to is that Rex had four five, the right people on the right hand side have right of way, that's the general rule on the road. If you come up to an, ex uh, an uh, uh, intersection, the car that's on your right has the right of way. If there's no other sign, yes. Okay, so what is the other sign that I should be looking for that tells me that I can actually just go straight ahead and Is this thing that happened today, Joel? It happens all the time. I mean, I just go through them all the time and I wonder how often I'm wrong. <laughs> How does this work in where you're from, like uh, Great Britain? Or I mean, they uh, well, people don't uh, drive bikes in Australia because you get killed. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I see. So uh, yeah, so there's two signs. It's either like uh, it's either like uh, um, like a fried egg, but like um, uh, squared fried egg. So like a yellow uh, square in the middle and then white. So this is a Vorfahrtstraße. That means you have preference on this road all the time. Or if there's only preference at one intersection, it looks like a little rocket with a with a with a with a rat. Um, it's really hard to describe road signs. Just with no, words. you're doing great. I I, yeah. I got exactly both of what you meant from both of them. I know the fried yeah. egg and I know the rocket. So yeah. I got to look for a fried egg and a rocket, and I can just keep going. Perfect. <laughs> great. Very good. Thank you. Can can we look? Or do you have a website where we can all those of us who don't know about what any of these signs mean or paying attention to them? where you can look, you know, like in England, we have the cycling proficiency test where kids have to get a little booklet and they have to practice cycling and learn what signs are. Do we not have anything like that for children in Germany that we could all, as <laughs> foreigners, I think uh, you'll find something like this online, probably. Um, but, um, yeah, most of people have a driver's license and you learn all this stuff um, there, actually. So. What if you don't drive? If I had a driver's license, I wouldn't be biking. I... <laughs> no, I'm not biking. Uh, all right, how about this? Uh, bike, bike lights? Helmets? What's the deal with that stuff? Helmets? Yeah. Well, what, what, what do you mean, what's the deal with it? Uh, do you have to wear one? No, you don't. Does anyone? We're not in Australia, so you don't have to wear... <laughs> A helmet, um, and actually Australia is a good example because um, when they made a law to um, make people have to wear helmets in Australia, the uh, um, bicycle traffic really decreased because um, people think it's dangerous if you have to wear a helmet and also it's not really comfortable. So uh, just not that many uh, people are cycling, so we don't want um, a law to make people have to wear helmets because we want people on bikes. We need more people, people right. on bikes because we want to... What about really just for my son? Yeah, I mean, everyone's free for uh, free to free to wear a helmet. Right. Uh, and what about bike, so bike lights at night? That was like a big warning when I first moved here. If you don't have a light on your bike, you're going to get arrested. 
Yeah, I don't know if you get arrested, um, but um, yeah, of course you need lights on your bike at night. It's really important. Okay, I have so a question about lights. It's, it's illegal, though, to have yes, no lights on your bike yes, at night. Yes, it's a okay. law, and it's important as well. So I've got one of those lights that flashes. Is that actually allowed? I've, I understand that you're actually meant to have a light of a certain strength, and the flashing ones might not actually apply. Uh, yeah, you're right. Like, those blinking lights, um, they're not allowed legally, but um, I, I've never heard of a case that police actually stops you in because of this. I'm going to keep using it anyway because I do not want to die. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, like, um, the, the human eye can, um, can uh, see, like, how far an object is away. You can see it better with a steady light and not with a blinking light, and that's why they actually do it like this. So the most safe way, I would say, is to have a blinking light and a steady light. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just a steady light would do if it's, if it's bright enough. So I'm actually endangering myself by using the flashing light? Uh, if you don't have a steady light, I wow. think, yeah, yeah. Again, what, Joel, again. What is, what is the what number one thing you wish more bicyclists knew about the rules in Berlin? Um, I think it's not really rules that are important. I think it's uh, what important is to, to be safe when you're cycling. So this is actually what we would have to talk about. Like, okay. how, how do we cycle safely and not how do we follow every rule there is? So, um, like, the most um, important thing, I think, is at the intersections. So the accidents really happen at the intersections if we look at statistics. So if you come to the intersection and a car is next to you, you want to go straight and the car wants to turn right, you have a preference before the car. You can go straight and the car driver wants to go right, he has to wait. But most car drivers or many car drivers often, they don't look carefully, they don't see you. So this is the accident that happens most of the times. And I would really like to, um, if you're cycling, really take a look back to the left before you cross an intersection so that you're sure that no, there's no car coming. And also keep distance from parking cars. So this is also uh, things that happen a lot. Someone just opens a door from their car and you go straight to the door. You cannot do anything if, uh, if that happens. So keep a distance of one and a half meters. You're allowed to do this. Really take your space and um, yeah, so that you're much safer. What would be a way of getting around like in terms of uh, policy perhaps or changing the the built intersection to get around this problem of right-turning vehicles killing cyclists? Um, it's, uh, you have to separate the traffic lights. So this, if the cyclists have green, um, the motorists have red. Uh, we have this in, for example, in Copenhagen. We have this mm -hmm. in, in, in the Netherlands a lot. So those countries where you really have a lot of cycling, where it's really safe, they have mostly separated traffic lights so that you don't have this conflict all the time. Oh. I have a question. What about if you're in somewhere like Neukölln or somewhere there's loads of uh, Kopfsteinpflaster, loads of, uh, what do you call them? Bumpy streets. Bumpy streets that aren't very nice to cycle on. Yeah. And there's like, or if you're out in the suburbs and it's just torture, or it's going to trash your bike, and you're not getting anywhere, and you just cycle on the pavement. Is that actually legal or illegal? No, it's illegal to go on the pavement. And I would really, really like you to not go on the sidewalk uh, with your bike, to not cycle on the sidewalk, because you see in this... Uh, do you say food chain, like in, in food chain and traffic, you know, the, the pedestrian is really like the lowest, lowest creature in this system of traffic, you know, so you don't want to be bullied by cars, you don't want cars to take your space, so don't bully pedestrians and don't take their space, you know, a sidewalk is made for pedestrians, so don't go there, but I know that it's often difficult, and it's, uh, so I give you the advice to um, check online, 
for uh, what route you want to take with a with a bike. You know, don't just like go or look on Google Maps because that's shit. Um, just um, check a proper bike navigation and um, check out the route you want to go. So um, you go on uh, bicycle friendly streets that have a cycle path or. But what about, I'm just this devil's advocate, I absolutely hate pavement cyclists, like it's my pet hate, but I do understand that some people, and it happens a lot after school, parents with young children, all cycling on the pavement, and I feel like, I feel a bit like I'm being a mad old grumpy old Victor old Meldrew, standing in their way <laughs> and blocking like a five-year-old kid's, like get on the road, you know, you can't do that, <laughs> so is that... Like, are they allowed to do that? Yeah, that is actually allowed. This so is the small exception. children. So small children, basically. up to up to ten years old, um, are allowed to cycle with their parents on the sidewalk, and I think that's a good thing because you know the cycling infrastructure in Berlin. We we would like a cycle infrastructure that is safe for kids as well, and that is safe for for my grandmother. It's just safe for everyone, and we are working on this. Get engaged, get involved with the ADFC, and help us um, making the city more bicycle friendly. But um, as long as we don't have this infrastructure, um, it's good that uh, children are allowed to go on the sidewalk. Uh, so if I want to ride on the pavement, I just have to borrow a five-year-old child to <laughs> ride me. Okay. Exactly. That's the way to do Audience I actually members. have a website. You can WhatsApp me. No. <laughs> That'd be weird. Web, uh, audience members, do you have a question for our bicycle experts? Shout it out and we'll repeat it into the mic. Or unless you can extend the mic. Anybody? You, you all know what you're doing on the bike. Here we yeah, go. Very brave. Um, I was just wondering about Fahrradstraßen. So there's two right where I live, and I'm not entirely sure what exactly that means, what cars are allowed to do or not do. I just always feel a bit confused because there's still a lot of cars, and I don't really, as a cyclist, I don't really know what the difference is. Yeah, that's a great question. Fahrradstraßen are just regular streets that say Fahrradstraße, right? Yeah, that's uh, pretty <laughs> much how it is in reality. <laughs> it's supposed to be different. So in uh, Berlin, we only have Fahrradstraßen, which are um, anliegerfrei. So people who have an Anliegen can actually go there with their cars. So actually, Fahrradstraßen are only for cyclists. But if they have this additional sign, anliegerfrei, if you have any Anliegen, which could be, I want to visit my friend who lives in this uh, street, but, oh, the friend is not at home, you can uh, go there in there with a car. So um, in reality, we have many cars going through Fahrradstraßen, which is really annoying because those are really like a, a safe room, actually supposed to be a safe room for cycling. But no, no one's stopping these people and asking what their excuse is for being in the Fahrradstraße. Uh, yeah, I saw actually here at Weigandufer right around the corner when they made it new, like the police was actually controlling some of them. And I was passing by, there was actually like a, how do you say, a driver's school, like a Fahrschule going through the Fahrradstraße, <laughs> discussing with the policemen, seriously, discussing with policemen, like, you know, they didn't know the rule, like they would just... <laughs> Well, that would explain why we have so many bad drivers on the streets, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, any other questions, guys? Uh, yeah. Well, I just want to know, do the ADFC, do you support the critical mass monthly initiative? Is that something you actively support? Yeah, I mean, the critical mass is not like an like organized demonstration. It's just people who meet for uh, like cycling together. So it's not that we're organizing anything, but um, let's say me and many other people from the ADFC, we're on the critical mass like all the time. And also there's an even bigger critical mass, which called the Sternfahrt. It's always in June, which is like the biggest cycling demonstration in the world, and we <coughs> organize it. So this is even better. You can go on the Autobahn and stuff like this. So come to our demonstrations. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, could you tell us, please, about the ADFC, uh, how much it costs, and why I should join? 
You should join because we are your voice as uh, cyclists and we really want to improve cycling infrastructure so that I don't have to sit here and explain rules. <laughs> <laughs> But um, that cycling infrastructure is actually in, like intuitive, you know, that you don't have to explain anything. You just can hop on your bike and start cycling. That's how cycling infrastructure should be and that's what we're working on. That's how we put pressure on politics to, to, to have uh, Berlin as a bicycle-friendly city. And if you become a member, you support us. If you want to be a volunteer and help us, that's even more worthy for us. And um, becoming a member is like 60 euros, uh, 59 euros a year, but um, it's even more helpful if you, if you start helping us. And you get free insurance too when you join up, don't you? Uh, yeah, you get free insurance, you get um, help from our lawyers if you're ever in trouble, um, and we pay the, the, um, the costs for the, um, how do you say, Verhandlung. Yeah, it's like a law. Law insurance, legal fees, legal fees, stuff like this. So um, <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. Check out our website. It's adfc-berlin.de, and there you find all the advantages you get. Since last year, we have a new bicycle law in the city. Um, can you give us a little update on that? Is that being put into action or? Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> not really, or not as fast as we would like to. So the law, it's a mobility law, which not only includes cycling, but also um, there's a part for pedestrians and for public transport as well. And the main aim of the law is to um, really uh, support um, yeah, sustainable mobility, and um, so which are those three parts of mobility, and so less cars, more walking, cycling, public transport. Um, the problem is that the administration in Berlin is really, really um, short on manpower right now and also really old-fashioned, really badly organized, badly managed. So Classic. it takes a lot, a lot of time to um, take all those things actually um, to um, action that are in the law. All, all right, last up, what, uh, tell us about Flotter Berlin, the, uh, the free cargo bicycle system that your organization runs. How does yeah, that work? This is one of our newest projects I'm really proud of. Um, it's, uh, so we have about like, over 50 free cargo bikes in all over the city now. Not all over the city, but in most of the districts we have some. And you can book them online, flotter-berlin.de, and you can just um, book a cargo bike up to three days for free. And so you don't need a car. You can just take a cargo bike, put That's your awesome. fridge or your whatever you want to uh, transport, your drinks or whatever um, inside, and just um, transport it with a bike. Can I leave it outside my house when I'm done? Yeah, if you rent it for up to three days, you can leave it outside your house, yeah. But eventually I have to bring it back. Eventually I have to bring it back, I have to, I have to say, yeah. All right. Well, uh, last chance. If anyone has one final question, and then we'll wrap up. One last question from the audience. Do you know of any initiatives to encourage cycling? So I used to live in the UK, and there I could sign up with a scheme with my employer and get some stuff, some tax cuts, some stuff like that. Do you are you aware of anything like that here in Germany, in Berlin? Ah, uh, so you mean like advantages, like in a. In a What do you mean? You get you pay less taxes when you're cycling to work, or what was this? What, what kind is there, of is there any is there any way we can uh, we can we can score some any uh, incentives for biking? Well, your incentive of biking is uh, we breathe so fresh air, <laughs> uh, have more space in the city, less noise, less accident. This is, and you have a lot of incentive for your health. Um, so, uh, but I don't know of any initiatives like like, well, like you. You just get to said. scream at tourists who wander onto the Radweg. Yeah. Like that's that's got to be good for your blood pressure. Yeah. <laughs> 
cool. Peace. This was this is really fun, and uh, we can go to your website and learn more, or join up, or we can go do a stern fart, which uh, sounds super fun. And uh, let's give a round of applause for Nicholas Link from God AHC. Thank you. This summer, Berlin became the latest city to be flooded with stand-up electric scooters. Now, there are over 9,000 scooters here. Some people hate them, some people love them. Two men love them so much, they started an association. Uh, he, uh, they, want to, they want stand-up scooters. Not just between each other, but like a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they want stand-up scooter riders to stand up for their rights. Please welcome... Lars and Frank of the Association for Small Electric Vehicles, also known as Electric Empire. Hello. Hello. You guys brought along your electric vehicles, I see. What do you have with you there? We have an electric skateboard and a monowheel. A monowheel. Electric unicycle. Okay. You do not have one of the uh, stand-up stand scooters. No, actually, that's not our part, and that's not the reason why we're here. <laughs> okay. Because we are the ones, practically, that, that were left in the, in the rule, in the laws, because uh, Andreas Scheuer made a law that is only promoting the stand-up scooters. Hang on a second. Right. And that, scooters that, like that, these are it. totally left... Because you, don't, you cannot steer them with your hands, and that is why the lawmakers decided, you know, we're not going to include them in the laws pertaining to the, you know, the new mobility. So, so there's a division between the different types of, of, of electric uh, of scooters. Well, that's a, that's a part of the political process that the people decided, you know, oh, you cannot hold on to anything. We're not going to allow that. You know, so now we have an asymmetric situation for the licensing. You can license a stand-up scooter known as Tretroller in German, you know. But these scooters that are popular, like, like unicycles, like skateboards, like uh, Segway mini lights that you steer with your knees, are not licensable. And that's the problem right now. So this electric uh, skateboard you brought in uh, uh, from Back to the Future 3, is, uh, is, you're not allowed to use that? No. Because it's not, you don't have the possibility to license it. Without a license plate, without insurance in Germany, it's not possible. How'd you get it here? Oh, <laughs> the car, obviously. You drove it over. <laughs> so you're a minority within a minority. We're really a, okay. Wow, wow. I didn't realize there were all these these divisions within the electric scooter world. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so you guys were around before those scooters came onto the scene. Well, long you? before. Because this looks pretty old school. This one, this monowheel thing. Yeah. Uh, and so, what did you think when they all started arriving? Are, were you initially in favor of them, or are you against them? What do you think of them? It sounded, terrific. it sounded terrific at first, you know, that we would get a, a new law now that would prohibit it to, to use these kind of vehicles. It turns out that in the end, Lars was there, they had a hearing, and there were, you know, old people saying, oh, you cannot license anything or allow anything you cannot hold on to that does not have a, a, like, like, like a steering pod or something, you know. Are you allowed to use them indoors? Oh, you can use it on your, on your private property or whatever, but that's not the, the thought of it. That's not the idea of it. Well, I just want to use it right now. That's all. And that is, that, is, that is why we're having a demonstration on September uh, 21st, meeting at the Stuttgarter Platz. For all these people, in, in the first place, for all these people who do use scooters and want them to be licensed and want them to become lawful uh, with a long uh, trip through the city uh, down to the Tempelhofer Feld.
Wait, so you're going to be riding these illegal vehicles through the city? No, that's inside the demonstration, so that that embodies your claim that what what you have the demonstration Ah. for, that's allowed. Okay. That's not unlawful. How many people are you expecting for this demo? Uh, Could be up to 500 people. Is that based on the number of, like... Product sales of these vehicles in Berlin, or how do you estimate that? No, last skate by night, uh, which took place on the Alexanderplatz, we had like thousand riders, or not only not only scooter riders, but uh, skaters, and there were many people who rode these too. So those were thousand already. So for a demonstration where hopefully all people from the rest of Germany come to Berlin, hopefully you know that's going to be, hopefully that makes a change. You know that brings a second thought about the whole situation. Lars, you got any thoughts on that? <laughs> Where does the name Electric Empire come from? Okay. <laughs> this is my first English interview. Because <laughs> it's going uh, great, so you're doing um, great. <laughs> we start to ride on Temple of Feld last summer, and this is a, it's not an illegal and a, not a legal part, it's a, where there's no police. And so we can ride in circles. <laughs> <laughs> you saying it, it, wait, it, it is is not illegal. It's il- wait, is it legal to ride these on Tempelhof, or are you just like no one's going to catch me? Okay. Yes, that's right. right. Okay, okay. Right. security uh, saw us, uh, but he, he didn't catch us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the, the the beginning of Electric Empire, and it's, it's a little bit uh, self defense because uh, last year uh, Andreas Scheuer started the regulation. He, he's the, uh, the transport minister, by the way. Yeah. I thought everybody knows him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And he starts regulation and without us, without the people who wrote this uh, stuff. And that's the problem. And so we decided to, uh, what is, uh, how we can in, to, uh, keep in touch with uh, Andreas and his federal uh, uh, transportation. So, are you, uh, do you consider your? What do you guys think of the of the other types of the stand-up scooters? Are you are you in favor of those? You, you think they have a place in the mobility scheme of the city? In my opinion, there are three groups: There's the sharing system, the illegal and the legal e-scooters, and we and with without handlebar. So, what's the middle one? I don't know the middle one. The middle one is e-scooters, the legal e-scooters. Yes, right. separate uh, from the sharing. Oh, they like the people own them. As sharing system. Legal and illegal e-scooters and without handlebar. That's ah. the, the third group. Do you know, you know, this is how they get to you. They divide and conquer, you know. They split you up so you don't talk to each other. So the, the, um, the, the, the stand-up scooters are, you know, are causing a lot of controversy. As we said, some people love them, some people hate them. Is this making it harder for you to make your case, uh, given that so many people have such strong opinions about those other scooters? Absolutely, because that's actually what's happening right now. The term scooter becomes a bad name, you know, because these vehicles that are, you know, leased out basically are not owned by private people. We take our stuff back home. We take care that it's in good shape. We take care that it's fancy and everything. But these are just thrown on the street. Uh, they're lying on the sidewalk. And I remember the times when you parked a car partly on the, on the sidewalk, you got a fine. And the policeman will tell you, you take a part of the pedestrians away. But this is what happens now. These things are lying on the sidewalk and cause annoyance. But this is not what scooters are, because scooters would be a great chance for new mobility, new means of transportation. And we cannot use all these really fancy and good ones, because there's no need, actually, to say you shouldn't, pro- uh, you shouldn't allow them just because they don't have a steering pot. 
So you think the solution is for people to own them and then they wouldn't be left around? That would be better if we had that. So we're asking for an extension of the law of the current allowance. But are these things actually dangerous? Because it looks like you don't have much control. Well, is the SUV more dangerous that, that drives on the, on the, into pedestrians like it happened two days ago? What's more what's What, what more happened two days what? ago? <laughs> Bring us the news. <laughs> well, you, ha you haven't heard what happened two, two three days in, in, ago in Mitte? No? When the Porsche SUV was uh, running onto uh, pedestrians? Oh, the Porsche, yes, yeah. yes. So what, what can happen with these things? You can fall down, yes. You can make an, uh, an, an accident. But it's not going to be worse than that, you know. Actually, you so, know what? That, that what you just brought up is actually the thing that um, because I, I, I have mixed feelings about the about the stand-up scooters, the rental ones. Uh, I do see that there's an argument for having more mobility in the city, and that it's good uh, to get people out of cars. So I guess any time you get people out of a car, it's a good thing. And then you hear about these terrible accidents, like happened a few nights ago in Minto, where four people got killed by a right. car that jumped the pavement. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you're right. How much damage can one person on a scooter do? But, and then, of course, there's all the, uh, the problems with you know, them being left around and so forth. So um, it's a fascinating time where we're developing all these rules. Uh, and I'm sorry to hear that you but guys have been left behind in, in the whole discussion of the city. Yeah, it's really, it's really if now the current laws they stand mean that you have to drive your e-scooters to the venue for the podcast, that's just contributing to so much danger to the roads. This would have been a much safer interview if we just changed the laws. <laughs> Let me please just add one thing. Of I course. in the automobile um, industry for 25 years, and I tell you what, this has never been any vehicle more efficient than an electric unicycle, in my opinion. It is so small, it's so compact, and it only needs the energy to transport you as one person. So you're not urged to, 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 to drag five uh, centna of, of weight around for an empty car, as it, the way it is right now. Can, you get, a, can you get an electric unicycle with like a little toe behind it? Because can you get? Is there any way to do cargo with an electric unicycle? Could you? It would be possible. I do. I use a backpack occasionally. A backpack. Yes, that makes more sense in my solution. If you want to go shopping, yeah, okay. If it was to get, they were to get licensed, I would hope. Would you be cycling or using these on the road rather than on the pavements? On the road. That's the thing that I think most people's bugbear is the fact that most of the electric vehicles at the moment are all over the place they don't know whether they're supposed to be on the road the pavement as you say they leave them on the pavement and i think that's what gets to people it's yeah. just like there's right. no clear regulation about where they're supposed to be or instructions and that's the job of the politics to regulate that and i believe that scooters like these should be used on the bicycle tracks on the bicycle lanes or on the street on the on the pavement for the cars and the cars have to take care of it with, with a unicycle proficiency test huh? at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cars will get less and less space. That's a fact. That's what's, what's going to happen. Are there uh, e-unicyclists doing e-juggling? Like, is that a thing? All right. Uh, so, again, uh, tell us again when the demo is so we can go check it out and what the website is to, uh, for Electric Empire. Well, the website is Electric Empire. De or dot de. Okay. okay. And when? Like where is the demo? Album, yeah. The demo is September 21st at 12:30 at the Stuttgarter Platz. And we go all the way down to the Tempelhofer Fit. All right, that sounds... Oh, so it'll end at Tempelhof? We can maybe grill a little bit while you guys are coming in? On, on this uh, Saturday, it's also an ADFC demo. It's called Kreisfahrt. Yeah. Not, not Sternfahrt, Kreisfahrt. Okay. <laughs> and also the Love Parade. So we can, we can hit up all three. Yeah, a, the city is full of cyclists, of skateboarders, and love and peace. All right. <laughs> well, that sounds like a, a fun day. Great right, wrap September up. 21st. Uh, this guy is here for our guest from uh, Electric Empire.
I definitely thought that that segment was me, me yelling at people about e-scooters. It was totally different. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we got, guys? The anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall is upon us. On November 9th, it will have been 30 years since the wall came down. Um, and this city has a tradition of making plans for round anniversaries uh, of, the, of the fall of the Berlin Wall. For example, uh, five years ago, they had illuminated white balloons, which uh, were released in a very unspectacular I thought it was nice. It was okay. just a little bit of a letdown. It was, was it, it was sort of a they could have done better. Uh, all right. Ten years ago, they had these uh, giant dominoes, which then failed to fall. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is it going to be this time? Uh, I found out by going on the internet, and this time the city is planning a week-long festival, seven days, called Das Fest der Freiheit, so Freedom Party. All right. Uh, it'll run from, run from November 4th to 10th in seven locations across the city, all historical sites of the peaceful revolution, as it's known as. Um, and these sites will host performances, readings, music, exhibitions, and then there'll be the grand climactic event uh, when the Berlin Orchestra, directed by Daniel Barenboim, famous man, um, will play at the Brandenburg Gate. They're, 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 they seem to have left little room for error in there. Yeah, you know nothing could you know particularly go wrong unless some the orchestra no fails giant to play. art stunts. Yeah. I'm sure you guys will still find a way to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to uh, close to the end of our show for tonight. Um, but we're going to give a plug to our good friends from Mobile Kino. Um, they are doing some screenings this week, which sound pretty fun, especially since it's the end of summer. There's going to be screenings at the swimming pool each night this week at Sommerbad Kreuzberg, also known as Prinzessinenbad, um, or Prinzenbad. What's it known as? Prinzenbad. Prinzenbad, yeah. Um, so your regular swimming pool ticket will also include entry to the cinema after the pool closes, but there's only about 100 seats, so you've got to get in there early. You can either go in, swim and stay, or you can just show up at uh, 7.30 and watch the movie. So swimming is not required? No. And you can find out uh, more of those details on Mobile Kino's Facebook page, which we're happy to report is back up and running. <laughs> if you listened to our last episode, you heard all about how they were killed off by the algorithm. Well, they're back now, uh, so uh, yeah, check out while you can. I also have a plug this time, which is that I have been involved with a thing called the Making Futures School, which is happening inside that big giant ruin at Alexanderplatz that we've talked about a couple of times in the past. Um, we've taken up part of the ground floor and turned it into a school that's running right now. There's also a public program that we're calling the Night School, so it's all evening stuff. Seminars, uh, little talks, workshops... Have a look at making-futures.com. So just in case you don't know where this the is, program. you go to Alexanderplatz, you're looking north. Yes, and there's, there's that big Saturn, the electronic store, and it's uh, diagonally behind. The huge ruin the that's Saturn. been on the corner there for decades huge. and decades. Huge, you can't decades. miss it. Yeah. The address is Otto Braunstraße 70. So this is a chance to actually go inside and have a sticky beak and see what's going on Yeah, it's cool. You should come by and, and have a look. All right. Um, guys, go to Radio Spätkauf, our website, and uh, try and support us on Steady HQ. You can donate a euro or three a month, and uh, that is fantastic. It allows us to do more in-depth reporting on such things as uh, bikes. Uh, and uh, pays pizzas. for the pizzas. That's and what it does. pizzas. And, uh, yeah. Um, so please, yeah, Steady HQ. We also have mugs for sale, which are 10 euro. If you're already a Steady HQ supporter, you can deduct your monthly... Uh, donation amount from the cost of a mug by seeing us at a live show or just, you know, asking us to bring you a mug. I, I will, you know what? We'll have those uh, the bike guys bring them over to you. And, uh, uh, yeah, sure, why not? And, um, uh, yeah, that's 
We'll be back here October 13th for another October live... October 20th. October 20th for another live show. Uh, and uh, yes, that was all of the important things. The money was the main thing I was going for there. <laughs> Good job, Dan. Thank you, everyone, for coming along. I hope yeah. you enjoyed the show. Thank you to all our here. guests, to our live audience, to Comedy Cafe Berlin. Uh, there's another great show. Follow me and stick around. Thank you, guys. Berlin News in English.